Hi everyone, welcome to At the Devil's Ball. Uh, it is uh, we're doing another special episode. We love doing those. Um, it is Fourth of July weekend, uh, so we're gonna do a Fourth of July uh, Independence Day, uh, but not Independence Day. Um, big we, big America energy. Big America energy. Um, <laughs> it's even though it stars an Austrian, um, and uh, that movie, of course, is Predator. Yes. Um, one of my favorite movies of all time. I don't know about you. Uh, I, I consider it in um, my short list of you know nearly perfect perfect films. I agree. It just yeah. hits everything it wants to hit out of the park. Yeah. So as always, uh, I am Nathaniel, and uh, with me as always is Samuel Numine. Hey, just we already us. started. So I'd ask how you were doing, but uh, I think we're doing good. We're doing, America's we're, doing good. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't go. Let's not go nuts. All right. Well, um, we're doing better. America's better, doing better. Better. Um, yeah. Um, As uh, Steve Allen once said, you know, in, in the realm of self-improvement, there's always a little room at the top, you know. <laughs> true, true. Um, yeah, but okay, yeah, we, are, we are improving, yes. Um, but we, um, we chose to do Predator uh, as a special episode. Um, uh, normally in our, our special episodes, I, I, when we did Blade Runner, for example, I did kind of say, like, well, let's not, you know, let's not do backflips trying to justify it. Um, although I think Predator has its more roots in horror than um, than action, in my oh opinion. yeah, so it's a slasher yeah. movie in a lot it of is, ways. It is it is basically a slasher movie, and that's a that's a major element that I want to talk about. But um, but why uh, why for why for Fourth of July? Well, it, well, I had just said like let's just do Predator, um, right. and you said like yeah, what's more American than uh, than uh, a group of guys, a group of soldiers invading a, a foreign country? Uh, under uh, for no damn reason. For no damn reason. Under under uh, under dubious orders from the CIA, um, right. which is a so that's it's very American in that respect. Even though yes. it's led by an Austrian, um, yep. which we'll talk about, and uh, Arnold didn't even attempt to not be Austrian as he never does. No. Um, as we talked about when we did End of Days, this is our second. I think he learned real early that he just wasn't going to pass off as it, so he'll just be he'll be Arnie and everything. Even though his first movie, uh, 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 Hercules in New York, he was dubbed over, right? Um, because he sounded too foreign. Um, but yeah, yeah he. Well, um, also, I don't think he knew any words, uh, hardly in English at that point. You might he was be right. Learning on Conan the Barbarian, he was. He had to learn a lot of the the words phonetically, as I, if I recall correctly. Yeah, but this is our our second Schwarzenegger feature. Um, yep. Um, we love Arnold. Um, uh, maybe we don't uh, align with him politically all the time, but um, but I, I, love I consider him, you know, quote unquote, one of the good ones. I, I guess. Yes, I, in a I, lot of ways, I agree. Uh, he's and he's since leaving office, he's he's made a lot of moves uh, and made a lot of statements that I think uh, right. make a lot of sense. And yeah. um, uh, if you know, there were more Republicans like him, I would not hate the Republican Party nearly as much as I do right now. Agreed. Know? Agreed. Um, but anyway, you want to do the you want to hit the vital stats real quick, and then we'll start talking about Predator. Yeah. Uh, so this was released uh, June twelfth, nineteen eighty seven. Uh, another one point eight five to one uh, ratio. Um, I guess uh, John McTiernan wanted to do it in uh, anamorphic widescreen, but uh, the studio was like, "That's going to cost too much with all these effects." Right. Um, so he he kind of put a little little spin on it because I guess in the beginning he. The first few shots he tried to shoot in anamorphic, and they're like, "No, this doesn't work. <laughs> no, we're not doing this." Um, 
Anyways, uh, it had a $15 million budget, made about $98 million at the box office. Uh, Peter Cullen did the voice of uh, the Predator, who uh, 80s nerds might know as, you know, uh, Optimus Prime from uh, the Transformers. Oh, right on. Yeah, uh, so John McTiernan directed it. Um, he also did, obviously, Die Hard 1 and 3, uh, yep. Last Action Hero. Uh, two great films, three great films, in my opinion. Uh, Jim Thomas and John Tim Thomas wrote this together. Uh, they also both co-wrote Executive Decision and Mission to Mars. Uh, David Webb Peoples did a little bit of rewriting. Um, <clears throat> Shane Black did a little bit of on-set rewriting when he wasn't working on uh, The Last Boy Scout and playing his role, but we'll get yeah, to that. We'll get to that. Uh, yeah. Stan Winston uh, Studios obviously did the effects. Um, uh, Kevin Peter Hall uh, replaced Jean-Claude Van Damme to play the Predator, and, and probably a good move for both of them. Uh, I don't yeah. think JCVD would have done very well in this, and I don't think it would have worked. Uh, we've obviously got Arnold Schwarzenegger as Dutch. We've got uh, Carl Weathers as Dylan. Uh, got Kevin Peter Hall, as I said. Uh, Epidio Carrillo as Anna. I probably mangled that name beyond all recognition, but I apologize. Uh, Bill Duke played Mac. Uh, Jesse Ventura was he? He was he was still the body at this, point, not the brain. Uh, uh, yeah, Ventura yeah, I think as, he was uh, still Blade. I think he might have still been active with uh, with World Wrestling Federation at the time. Yeah, yeah, I think this was his first starring starring role. Yeah, uh, in a, or you know, big role, I should say. Yeah, uh, Sonny Landham as Billy, uh, Richard Chaves as Pancho. Uh, got Shane Black, um, who also worked on the Monster Squad, which we already talked about. Yeah, uh, as uh, Hawkins, and. Let's see. We've got uh, Sven Ol Thorsen playing uh, just a blink and he's dead kind of role as a, as a Russian officer. I guess he worked with, uh, he was a fellow bodybuilder. He worked with Schwarzenegger and a few other things. He was also uh, LaFors in Mallrats, <laughs> which was kind of cool. Yeah. And uh, that's about it for the main cast. So I just want to jump right in and uh, talk about this weird movie. Yeah, it, it's it is kind of weird. Uh, it is one of the is one of those. It's I think it's a one of a kind kind of film, um, yeah. even though they would go on to have a whole franchise. Um, right. But uh, you already mentioned uh, directed by John McTiernan, who is probably um, the best uh, action film director, um, in my opinion. Uh, he's and he's and and because there's there's a sense of um, what's the word I'm thinking of, not necessarily professionalism, but. Um, he's he's evolving past genre convention. I think McTiernan is um, is a filmmaker is a filmmaker um, versus right. maybe an action movie guy. Um, uh, and I think um, that comes across with this film, where I think uh, also Schwarzenegger in particular is doing what what might be his career best in this film. Yeah. Um, uh, it's a it's a remarkable performance by Arnold, um, and it's surprisingly. Uh, uh, subdued one um, yeah and um, he brings a lot to it um, and it's the most interesting thing about this movie is that uh, it's both actually I kind of want to write an essay on Predator like a, I mean a massive one like I'm going to write a book an analysis of Predator you need, a, you need it to get to everything, everything. Um, yeah but um, one of my main theses that I want to talk about is this movie is it's, it's both like the most masculine 
like chest thumping movie ever, but it's also really subversive in how masculinity is portrayed in this film. Um, in the sense that in any other movie, and I mean, I'm sure this movie exists. I'm sure there's like a movie about like, you know, a, a group of mercs who go into a jungle and get attacked by a monster. I'm almost certain that movie exists. In fact, I think it's called Extro 2. Um, or, or, or Aliens, if it was on Maybe the, even Aliens, space. yeah. But uh, what we have, uh, what we have here is you have a group of these guys who, and what the movie ends up kind of coming across is that they actually care about each other, and right. they're like a team. And when one of them is hurt, the other ones are really upset. Um, yeah. You know, and we don't, you don't get that in a lot of right. these types of action movie roles where there's any sense of brotherhood or camaraderie, um, uh, and uh, and. Who they are in the group is very clear without ever being specifically stated. Um, what role they play, not only in, not only in combat but in the group dynamic, um, and uh, and like I said, it's a very subdued role for Dutch uh, as uh, for Arnold Schwarzenegger as Dutch, because Dutch cares about his men, and they have uh, and they all have um, they have a, a code of ethics too, which right. is uh, well, that's that's kind of the same as what I wanted to touch on. You know, at the yeah. beginning of this movie. It makes a lot of, you know, frankly, brilliant decisions in how to paint the picture really fast. Yes. Um, in a lot of movies, if like this movie was made today, there would be 30 to 40 minutes of them assembling the team, yep. getting everybody, you know, to go, assigning roles, practicing, yada, yada, yada. In this, like, you know, the first shot is obviously the spaceship um, coming into Earth's atmosphere. Yeah. Then it goes to um, the helicopters coming in with the team. Yes, and they just get off on the ground. You know, they they show a military guy who's like happy to see them, but you know, kind of in a masculine way. He's not like, oh yeah, you're here. He should kind of give them, you know, the 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 nod, kind of yeah. a little bit of a smile. Yeah, and they go to meet, um, you know, basically their handler, Carl Weathers. And aside from you know having that meme-worthy uh, yeah. <laughs> handshake slash. Yeah, I want to put that out. Tournament. My first thought when I was watching this again, I was, I was like, uh, fun fact for those of you who don't know, Sam and I have actually never been in the same room. We've never met. Right. right. That I feel like the first time we meet, I'm going to be like, Samuel, you son <laughs> of a bitch. And like, we're just <laughs> right. going to like, but, uh, but it'll be far less impressive because our, yeah. our, we have the, we have arms made of wet noodles. Um, right. It would, it would be, it would, we'd try to do the arm wrestling thing for about half a second. Then we'd both go ow. Ow. Yeah. We need a, we need a, yeah, we need to, and then start like applying icy hot to each other or something like <laughs> right. that. Like we're like, all right, but we overdid the way it. they do that, they establish these guys super fast. You can tell that they have a rapport. They, they say, but they also show, you know, that this is a team that's worked together for a while. And they're a team that comes as a team. That's you know, Dutch is the leader. Mm-hmm. When Dutch says we're going here to do this, they do it. They do it. But it's a it's a mutual respect kind of thing. And they're even smart enough to show, you know, in that little bit of dialogue with Carl Weathers that, you know, this guy hasn't been on the team in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, if he ever was. If yeah, if he were well they obviously he obviously knows Dutch. He's worked with Dutch before. He's worked with Dutch before. But I think they right. might have been but military like, together. Yeah. Yeah, they but he's worked with Dutch, maybe not the rest of the team. Yeah. Um so it establishes that, you know, this guy could have been on the team, but he's not. He's, he's you know, a CIA guy. Yeah, what's, at, with this, what, what's with this fucking tie business? You know, he's, right, he's, right. he's, he's taken the, uh, he's taken the, uh, the, the. Spent too long pushing pencils. Yeah, he's, he's, well, yeah. And I think that's, and I think that's the background that we were immediately supposed to get. Is these right. guys were, these guys were military all the way. Right. Dutch, Dutch went into business for himself, wanted to be independent. 
Whereas right. Carl Weathers, uh, uh, Dylan took the and, corporate job. And why did and why did he want to be independent? Because he wanted to be a rescue team. He didn't want to be a kill team. He didn't want to be a kill team. Um, yeah. They even you know established that you know why did you do that job? And I don't know Panama. I don't. Know. Was, I think it was, was Berlin. Like, He's like, why did you pass on Berlin? And he says, uh, right. we, we are a rescue team, not assassins. Yeah. Right. So that, that shows them that they're, you know, military guys, and uh, but they're still the good guys, quote unquote, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like I said, you know, rather than, you know, planning out this whole mission and showing this, you know, everybody doing the A-team thing where they're got the blueprints and the maps out, they're this, that, and the other, they're jump right to it. Well, actually, the, there's a, some important. There's an important element in this in that opening sequence that um, I've never really noticed until this time. Um, Dutch is suspicious from the word go. Mm-hmm. Um, he's talking to the general, and he, the first thing he notices right. is like your CIA, your your cabinet minister was on the wrong right. side of the border. What's he doing there? And they were like, "Oh, right. we think that he just went off course." And Dutch is like, "Uh huh." Okay, and then Dylan, yeah. and he's like, and then they say, "Well, Dylan's going in," and he's like, "No, he's not. We right. work alone." And he looks yeah. at Dylan, and he's like, "Why do you want to go?" Right. Um, and you, he's not. You'll notice he, when he's questioning Dylan there, and he's when, when he's questioning Dylan when they find the chopper, and you know, they're like, "Oh yeah, heat-seeking missiles brought this down." You know, they must be getting really good at it. When he when he's questioning him, he doesn't do it in front of the men. No. He he takes him aside, which you know I thought was a really good, good, thing to show because, yeah. in a lot of these, you know military movies written by and obviously i'm not military i've never been never will be um a lot of these ones you know military movies built by these guys they don't know that you know chain of command is really important especially when you're on a team that's in a dangerous situation like he just takes them aside and goes like what's really going on here you know well his men his men keep picking up uh picking up Mm -hmm. things that are wrong and telling Dutch, yeah, something's wrong yeah. here, Major. And right. ma- and then he goes to Dylan and says, "Something you want to tell me?" And Dylan's like, right. has some sort of extremely flimsy excuse. You know, must be a. Must I don't be think a, he knew everything that went on, but I, I yeah. think he knew something was going on. Yeah. But just the fact that he takes him aside, he doesn't do it in front of the men to just mm-hmm. you know screw up every the the whole team dynamic right there is is, is another point, and you know how brilliant it is to set everything up. Yeah. Yeah. Because it would have been really easy to play, you know. Uh, Carl Weathers' character, like you know, Burke from Aliens. Exa- you know? That's exactly what I wanted. What I, what the, the right. analogy where I was like, this is Burke. He's playing Burke up until a point right. where he decides he's got to be one of the good guys. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is like if Burke actually picked up a gun and said, "Okay, Hicks, you call right. you you call the shots. I back you." Um, yeah. but and at that point, he does he does you know give give over to Dutch and says yes. like, "Okay, this is your team. You're in charge. You're know? in charge now." Uh, it's a great performance by Carl Weathers too. Absolutely, um, it's a very, very. Uh, again, everybody in this movie is good. Um, oh yeah, the stunt coordinator for this went on, uh, either went on to or just came off of. I can't remember the year that was made. Um, directing Action Jackson <laughs> with, <laughs> with Carl Weathers. So, but yeah, it's a it's a great uh, great performance by Carl Weathers. Um, yeah, I, I'm always impressed by by the complexity of, of Dylan and, and of most of these yeah. characters, as as we've already kind of alluded to. Right. Um, but yeah, they do, they jump right into it, and it's the idea that it's immediate too. They're like, we called you in to do this job, and it's happening now. It's happening tomorrow. Right. Um, yeah. and uh, we immediately then cut to them on the chopper, doing lo- uh, where lo- Richard um, Little Richard's Long Tall Sally is playing. And we is there any movie that isn't made better with Richard? Uh, little Richard in it. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's good. It, it fits. Uh, it definitely yeah. fits the team that this is what they listen to. Um, right. They're they're good old boys. 
you know, and yeah. and we immediately uh, in that one scene again, we're given a lot of characterization with very little dialogue. Um, right. You know, we've got some. You got some bluster from Blaine, yep. played by uh, 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 Jesse Ventura. Uh, right. We won't. I won't repeat the uh, the slur no, term. Not. <laughs> yeah, but he's like, you know, this stuff will make you a sexual tyrannosaurus, <laughs> just like me. And they like strap yep. this on your sore ass, Blaine. Right. Um, yeah, I kind of wanted to. I want. I kind of wanted to dip after that. I won't lie. You know, he he yeah. sells it well. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, we we uh, and then of course uh, we got Shane Black uh, telling right. jokes to uh, Shane Black, of course, being the the uh, most be- uh, best known for the, being like, the writer of Lethal Weapon. Yeah. Many other action films, but um, and and then going on to direct a lot of them as well, like yeah, uh, Kiss Kiss uh, Bang Bang and The Good Guys. And, you know. Yeah, Kiss Kiss Bang is a great film, by the way. If you want to yeah. want to watch a really fun movie, uh, yeah. that that comes out of nowhere. Um, Kiss 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 Bang Bang is really worth watching. Um, happening uh, coming out also right before Robert Downey Jr.'s big comeback as Iron Man. So it's uh, yeah. it's a starring role for Robert when he was actually where we, he was not famous anymore. Um, so it's right. actually a, it's a really fun movie. Anyway, um, but yeah, he wrote and directed that, um, and you could tell he's a writer. He kind of doesn't really make any sense. Uh, you got to look at him and be like, "What? He's, all of these guys are Ripley muscles, and then there's Shane Black uh, with his right. with his spectacles and his and yeah, uh, Sergeant and Rock he, comic books." And and I guess he wanted to have like more army issue uh, glasses than the ones they gave him, but they're like, "No, you need to be dorkier yeah. than that," you know? Yeah. Um, and he's a dorky that, character. I mean, he's telling yeah. jokes. He's telling these bad jokes. To right. Billy, and obviously they never land with Billy because Billy's too serious, right? Um, and so again, we get that dynamic that Shane Black yeah. is is the guy is the funny guy, and he and his goal in life is damn it, one of these days I'm going to get Billy to laugh, right? Um, right. And uh, he's reading Sergeant Rock comics, <laughs> which as a comic book geek, I'm like, hey, Sergeant Rock, awesome. Um, I guess I, I didn't confirm this anywhere because I just found it online when I was looking at stuff. I guess um, Arnold was reading those in his off time because they were trying to get a Sergeant Rock comic with him off the off the ground or movie. I should movie. say. Yeah. Yeah. No, he. he I mean, two. But a he just did ways. it here. He already yeah, did I was it here. Say, so yeah, like, yeah, Predator basically you, is Sergeant Rock. If uh, if all of Sergeant Rock's men get killed by a, a intergalactic hunter, um, right. But yeah, I mean, it it really is, um, it really is very similar. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but, uh, but yeah, so the he, uh, but we establish, uh, you know, Mac is is also another guy. He's very quiet. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's in the back shaving with no shaving cream <laughs> right. uh, or soap. He's just running a razor across his bare face. Um, yeah. And then Poncho is kind of squirming. Apparently, somebody's outside. Yeah. There's this dog in the neighborhood. Yeah, yeah. She just she just hates this dog. That's okay. I don't know. Every day when it goes by, she's like going crazy. Hey, Layla, chill. Is it the baby with the baby with the one eyebrow? I think so. Yeah, yeah I think it's yeah. I think it's her. Uh, her her, her nemesis. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, but anyway, what were we, before we were interrupted by a dog, um, I'm gonna leave that in too. Uh, you, yeah, you definitely. Know, um, but yeah, the. Um, but yeah, uh, so we establish everybody who they are, what they're doing there. They immediately go in. We see how good they are at their jobs, yeah. um, and we see that there's a little bit of rebelliousness. Uh, a great moment between Mac and Dylan. 
mm-hmm. um, where Dylan slips. Uh, he's the one who makes a mistake. And Max says, I yeah. don't care who you are back in the world. If you give it out to someone one more time, uh, I'll bleed you real quiet yeah. and leave you here. Um, and that's with, a, that's a that's another, like, you know, I think kind of genius moment. Because it would be easy for him to do something over-the-top stupid. Yeah. And, but this is like, you know, he's he, he knows how it works, but he's out of practice. Exactly. Right. Exactly. But it also shows Mac is not willing to risk his life because right. he's out of practice. He's like, you should have stayed home. Yeah, uh, and then they, kind of a, they have a couple of gags later based on you know his antagonism towards uh, towards Carl Carl Weathers. They had the scorpion a little bit, and, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, real scorpion, by the way. Apparently, yeah. From what I read, they actually killed a scorpion. Um, so, uh, although it's a scorpion, right? Um, it's not like killing a dog, um, but yeah. I mean, but still, um, it's unfortunate. It's always unfortunate. Yeah, it doesn't, animal has doesn't get the ASPCA, you know, uh, approval or whatever. No, no. Um, by the way, also, they, they, the relationship with the animals doesn't happen very often in this movie, and you think it would, um, but they don't want to hammer home, I think, the the allegories too heavily. But there's right. a great shot that happens out of nowhere of um, of Dutch coming across a um, uh, python. Right. And um, it occurred to me last time, like, what an interesting concept of um, – apex predator meeting apex predator right. and having having nothing to do with each other but then it uh, then it scrolls up because he's looking for hawkins at that point and mm-hmm. it, it, it the camera then moves up an awfully long time to show hawkins right. body uh basically establishing these two apex predators are nothing compared yeah. to the new apex predator that's mm-hmm. in the scenario it's very just very smart filmmaking yeah um and it's a nothing moment but it's just it's it just a, it, this time around i was like oh that's really smart like he just right. showed an apex predator and an apex predator, uh, and then established that neither one of them are the apex predator anymore. Right, um, and that's kind of when I was, you know, doing looking up the the vital stats and stuff. I, I was I was kind of surprised more than anything by uh, the writers not having a lot of like you know huge excellent films behind them. Yeah, um, you know, the, like I said, the two best known ones that I found were Executive Decision and Mission to Mars, which are not terrible films but they're not you know mission to mars the case could be made <laughs> that yeah. is that is terrible um executive decision is just you know a standard actioner um yeah. so i really think that uh you know i think it was john mctiernan uh and you know maybe the rewrite by david what what people's kind of brought it into another thing and you know the other thing is you know the executive producer on this is you know famed lunatic uh joel silver yeah um, <laughs> you know made like you know the lethal weapon movies and all you know produced them yeah and made all these other films so i think he just knows how to get the right people in the right combinations to just make it a step above yeah and i think there's something to the idea that uh, i think that again everybody seemed to have some sort of weird understanding of what they were doing right um and they could have easily have moved into parody or self-parody mm-hmm. or been winking the whole time. But it said they play things right. very straight. And, yeah. you know, and when we're going to get to this, uh, I, I want to talk a little bit more because, as I said, it goes back to sort of my overall thesis of, uh, you know, this movie is actually highly subversive about male uh, uh, male performative uh, behavior. Because um, right. it's, it's ultimately meaningless by the end. I mean, you know. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, I mean, uh, it, and particularly when it comes to Schwarzenegger, this is probably the most vulnerable Schwarzenegger's ever been in a film um, in, in terms of his action hero-ness. But we'll talk about that when we get more to the climax. All right, all right. Um, but because um, there's a whole there's a whole thing I really want to point out that I think is really clever. I think it's been pointed out before, but we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. Um, well, first, uh, let's talk about the uh, the attack on the on the village or yeah. the base or whatever, because that's yeah. that kind of almost goes into the parody uh, into a parody. Uh, I mean, he's got the one lighters like stick around. Do stick know? around? Yeah, I, Arnold. No, I mean, it's an knock, Arnold movie. Knock, yeah. knock, and he blows that guy out of the back wall. He blows Lafors out of the black, the back wall with the grenade launcher. You know, it's an Arnold uh, movie. He has to have yeah. at least one. Yeah, I mean, and it was like it was like let's put you know Rambo two in this movie, but let's only make it you know three and a half minutes long. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and it's a great. Well, I mean, it's also a great sequence though because um, we see Dutch call plays immediately. Right. He's like, you yeah. go there, you go there, you do this, you do this. Um, you see, he can think on his feet because, you know, even uh, Jesse Ventura is like, what the fuck is he doing when he's lifted the car yeah. up? Yeah. Uh, and, you know, you realize really quick that it's it's not only is it just, you know, a great Schwarzenegger action moment. It's it's, it's his purpose for it. He's running it through the thing to take him by surprise because it's the best tool is available at the moment. Yeah. Also, the um, the mission's sort of scrapped because right. he uh, watches the civilians get the the guys they've come to rescue get shot, right? And it's a great moment for Dutch where Dutch is uh, really upset yes. that he's like, "We've just failed our mission. We do right. not have. Uh, we do not get the guy we're supposed to get." Um, uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's and a, that's another thing because um, when they're setting up the mission, you know, they they kind of lampshade, you know getting around the planning portion because they're like, no, they're hostages. We need to go now. We need to go now. Yeah. And then when they get there, they're starting to do surveillance. You know, they're not really, they haven't done a whole lot. They've, they've got, come from one side and they looked at the camp and then the person gets killed and they're like, okay, well, surveillance is done. We just got to yeah. go in. We're going to go in now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, in terms of like, like I said, it's really important to notice uh, in my mind that to note how mm -hmm. angry it makes Dutch that the guys they've come to rescue are dead. Um, they right. failed because it's also after coming, we've, we've jumped over. They find um, Jim Hopper and his men right. uh, yeah. stripped of their skin. Um, and it's another great uh, 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 variation on, um, like I said, about masculinity, where I think in any other action movie, they wouldn't bat an mm -hmm. eyelash at that. They'd be like, eh. In this movie, they're right. deeply upset. Billy, yeah. Billy, and Billy, the unflappable Billy is like, what the hell is this? Like, he's really upset by it. He's right. spooked by it. Um, and they're also confused because it's, it wasn't supposed to be a military the team they're going to fight. Right. Billy immediately yeah. says, I found men, I found tracks from guys wearing U.S. issue army boots. And Dil and that's, again, right. one of those moments where Dutch looks at Dylan, is it something you want to tell me? And Dylan says, like, well, it's probably just a roving patrol, you know. Right, we, right. We, uh, they, they operated in here all the time. And it's like, well, uh, this thing was hit by a heat seeker missile. Oh, well, the, right. the rebels probably have those now. Like, um, yeah. No, they don't. Um, right. But, yeah, but, I mean, they, they find these bodies, and Dutch is really upset because he's like, it's Jim Hopper, and I know him, and he's a friend right. of mine, and he's, I'm upset. But also, like, you know, you got Blaine, got to kind of be like, that ain't no way for a man to die. And, like, right. they're all very, and they're all very upset by it. Yeah. And just the implication that, they, you know, Hopper, you know, was friends with, with Dutch, and, you know, the team knew him already sets up that, you know, okay, so he wasn't just, like, you know, a civilian. He wasn't a guy that just, you know, wandered into the jungle. This was a guy who probably knew what he was doing as much as, you know, yeah. Dutch's team. Yeah. And, um, but also kind of uh, is another signal to to Dutch that he's being played. 
Right. Um, and that Jim Hopper was probably the first guy that Dylan fed into the meat, into the meat grinder, yeah. as Dutch calls it. I, I was trying to think, and I didn't think to check uh, TV tropes, but uh, I know you do sometimes. Was mm-hmm. this one of the first times when the trope of, you know, oh, we weren't the first team here, it turns out, uh, that that was around? I mean, because uh, maybe, it gets maybe. used a lot later. Uh, and this is one of the first times I remember, you know, seeing it. Maybe uh, I I have to really do research on that, but yeah, right. I mean the, the you, you mean the like the uh, yeah the the last we're not team alpha team it. we're bravo team yeah. right yeah and we didn't know that yeah it wouldn't shock me right um, if it was still at least an early usage of it um, yeah. but I mean I think that uh, yeah I mean I'd have to really think about that and look up I've always been bad at like uh, remembering what year what came out but I mean right. like same you know. but I mean I think the same thing with horror. I, I, it's probably was used in other some other horror films or science fiction films. Probably not, nothing in. I would I would wager it was not if it was used before this. It was not used in a film as big as this. Right. Um. But yeah, it's a very powerful. It's a powerful message to go along that these guys weren't even really necessarily their first. Um, right. and um, there might have been a better team than them who didn't make it. Um, yeah. But uh, it's their narrative leader to establish something skin these men um and right. dutch is again more suspicious and then we have the big blow up at the camp where they capture anna um the one the one woman in the movie right um uh who brings a lot to this table i think as well but um it's very much a uh and at one point i mean there's an important moment with anna in particular as a character where she's uh, she's made one of the guys um, but right. never fully one of the guys. That's one of the things I want oh, to talk yeah. about. She doesn't. She doesn't get the phallic weapon. No. Um, uh, in fact, it's a plot point. She's not allowed to handle a weapon, even right. even after she's been made one of the team. Arnold uh, Dutch ends up surmising, seemingly correctly, that mm. the predator is only hunting people that can fight back. Right. So Anna is not allowed to hold a gun or use a gun because the right. predator will take her. Um, yeah, it's probably there's a th- it's definitely got a thematic element to it, you know, for not you know getting being able to get the gun, but it also they did it in such a way where it makes sense in the, in the movie. It's not like you know, well, you're just a girl, you don't get a gun. It's like no, if you're a gun, you're a target, and you're not, you know, attend this trade as we are to deal with this. Yeah, you know, and yeah. you can see how well we're doing. Yeah. Uh, Although I question at that point, it's one of those moments that I'm kind of like, wait, why? Be, wait, what? Because uh, I'm like, Dutch, you're letting um, Poncho hold a gun. Right. And he's already badly injured. Um, right. Why is Poncho still carrying a weapon? Um, if you know, if you figured out at this point the Predator is killing that, I mean, your guy is already down. Why is he holding a gun? Um, yeah, it's true. But it's um, – I always feel like – it's one of those things that always kind of bothers me about Predator. One of those mm-hmm. few weaknesses, I think, in this film where I'm like, Poncho probably should have made it out alive. I feel like – I feel like he uh, – it's the, the Hicks and alien aliens a little right. bit. Like I'm kind of like – I think it would – once he took that hit, right, um, which he takes a brutal, brutal hit in this film, mm-hmm. great stunt work, um, where they've set up a booby trap at a big, mm-hmm. big, like, 10-foot-thick log just cram- crashes right into this guy's ribs. Yeah. Um, and they're like, he's messed up pretty bad, and he's like, I can make it! I can <laughs> make it! Um, like, sorry, as bro, if, but you cannot. Yeah, <laughs> as, if, as if they were going to leave him behind. Um, 
But uh, because we've also established the point, there's no way in hell anybody's getting left behind. This team actually cares yeah. about each other. Uh, but it always was. I always felt like Anna should have that the the big moment of um, it's the it's the only moment in this movie that I think plays along the straight um, masculinity mm-hmm. aspect is uh, he's got to save the girl, let the girl go. Right. I I still feel like she should have dragged Poncho through the jungle. That's the only thing I'd go back and change. Been like he would have mm-hmm. been like, don't take the gun. Uh, no, don't don't use the gun. Take Poncho right. and get out of here. Um, and uh, and and. We could have cut to then later on when we see Anna on the, the shopper. Because also it would be a question as to why they waited when this woman they've never seen before comes out of the jungle and says, these men are being attacked by monsters. It would have made more sense right. to me if Poncho was with her to be like, I'm the only member of yeah. the team left. Um, I guess, yeah. But, to, to listen but he'd to, already been involved in, you know, by this point Poncho had already been involved in the attack on the compound. So, I mean, I I can see why he's, why he, you know, He'd be prey already, and he's yeah. already been wounded. So you might be right. Why not finish him off? Um, you might be right. They kind of work that theme in a little bit better in the sequel, where uh, he attacks everybody on like you know the subway, except for like the pregnant woman and a couple other innocent people, because you know they're not they're not prey. Right. They're they're not. There's no there's no honor in that. Um, but at this point, you know, I feel like even if the whole team had thrown down their weapons and said, you know, did the Star Trek thing, we're like, we're not going to fight you. Yeah. You're like, yeah, then you're dead. You know, you're probably right. Yeah. I mean, you probably still would have gone after Poncho, but. Right. Um, I also just like Poncho. And I, I always feel Same. a little bit. Yeah. And I feel like the woman, you know, in the film is is rather under, underutilized. I agree. Um, in, in general. To the point where I sometimes wonder why she's in it. Um, I think it's just so they could have that, uh, you know, first of all, somebody to protect. Um, and second, so they could have that scene where they establish, you know, if you, if you're not armed, you're not a threat. Yeah. Um, or, you know, if you never are armed, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I guess. I don't know. Cause she never, she never, never holds a weapon. The most she ever no. does is, is defensive maneuvers. In fact, it, it right. goes out of its way. The predator, when it kills Hawkins, mm-hmm. um, the whole thing is that Hawkins has, has wrestled her kind of to the ground. And right. and it's a great it's actually a great moment because Hawkins uh, shows a lot of humanity in that scene where he's like, please, please, like, I don't want to hurt you. Um, right. You know, I have no interest yeah. in actually harming you. But if you look at it from the predator's perspective, it looks yeah, like he's, he's attacking her. He's attacking her um, right. to the point where you wonder if the predator at that point was like, OK, making my move on this guy because he's he's attacking a, a, right. a, a bound prisoner. Um, right. but, um, but yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a really interesting moment about, uh, about perspective in a film that you wouldn't think would be thinking too yeah. much about perspective. Right. Um, and a film that's already, you know, switched genres a couple of times by this point, you know, starts off as an, an action movie, then it yeah. gets a little sci-fi, then it gets horror. It's, it's, yeah. you know, yeah. it's doing that balancing act the whole time where it's, you know, it doesn't, for the most part, it stays on the wire and doesn't doesn't fall but no yeah no uh but yeah i mean so that i guess that's a uh, we'll get it i want to get a little bit more into my my thesis about the uh, mm-hmm. the masculinity thing because it's after hawkins dies it kind of is when that's the moment of no return where they're like right. and uh, poncho poncho finds what's left of hawkins and says you know uh, his voice breaks arnold says did you find hawkins and he's like i mm-hmm. can't tell and right. arnold is arnold's alarmed by this he's like poncho's voice just broke um, right. what's going on. And he's yeah. deeply upset. And he's like, 
and Dylan's son like we just got to we just got to move on and, and Arnold's like oh we're gonna find Hawkins' body, we're taking right. him home, like we don't yeah. we don't leave him behind, um, and during while looking for Hawkins' body the predator immediately strikes again and kills Blaine, um, right. which leads to the 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 thing that really kind of put me in mind of this idea about like you know these guys really caring about each other really loving each other in a way mm-hmm. is Mac goes completely berserk yeah. over Blaine's death. And I was thinking about watching it this time, and I was like, look, I love you to death. You know that. <laughs> right. But I think if even if you were murdered, I, I don't know if I would just go berserk. Like, you know, I would be like looking at the moon and being like, I love right. you, bro. I love right, you. Right. I'm going to find the guy who did it. I'm going to cut your name into him. Um, right, right. To the point where I'm like, were these two dating? Um, right, right. You know, I'm like... And I, and I feel like, yeah, if I'm writing an essay, I, if I were to write this essay, I might even might even go there and be like, maybe these uh, guys were, right. maybe there was, maybe right. they had I mean, more. there's, you know, there's a lot of, um, you know, especially when you're, you know, on a team together in, yeah. you know, like the military, there's a lot of like, you know, deep, deep bonding that isn't sure. necessarily romantic or sexual. Um, and there's, you know, like, you know, it really affects you. You become you know, really attached to these people who you saved their lives and they've saved your, yeah. your, yours over the years. Yeah. Um, you know, just, but yeah, like he is very affected by it more so than like anything else in the movie really. That's the yeah. biggest. I biggest think, I mean, obviously moment. I'm, I'm reading into it a little more than I think the movie intends to obviously, but right. I think, also, I mean, ship whoever you want. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Um, right. but I mean, we're all adults and this is the internet. Yeah. We can do whatever we want. That's true. That, you know? That's true. But I mean, they do. This is after they they establish they they have the quick establishing conversation of Blaine and Mac talking about this the train, where they're right. like, if you lose it here, you're done for, and right. basically, which is foreshadowing, Mac's gonna lose it, yeah. you know, <clears throat> or one of them is going to lose it. And that's the when the wheels be. really come off the team as a whole. I mean, well, they've lost two in five minutes. Yeah, right. Um, and that that's when they stop acting smart and start acting scared. Yes. Um, you know, doing a lot of, you know, things that in any combat situation would probably get you killed because you're not thinking, you're just reacting. Yeah. And this is kind of what sets off that domino effect. Yes. In the yeah. second act. Yeah. Well, obviously, like, uh, Mac immediately picks up Blaine's uh, minigun and just, they just take right. out, like, a square mile of jungle <laughs> um, right. in a big, big firefight against nothing. Um, right. But again, it's that's, another... That's, the, that's probably the, the biggest... Uh, sign that this you know this is you know kind of a like you said a parody of masculinity like just having that scene where they're just blasting and 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 nothing happens yeah right poncho comes out and says like you know there's no there's no sign we we hit nothing um and uh yeah they don't even see the blood trail i think it was uh it was the woman who was the only one who the blood at that point yeah, yeah honesty's the blood um that um uh mac had managed to hit the first hit of bullets mm-hmm. and the predator managed to get away because it went camouflage right. um it was nowhere near them when they were firing at that point um right. but yeah it's like but it's mac uh We'll get to Billy in a minute because he's a fascinating yeah. character who has sort of a, a, I think one of the big kind of head scratching moments in this film. Um, right. But we, it, it's interesting to me that, and again, I, it 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 goes to show how this dynamic works, how this group works, is mm-hmm. that it's pretty much after that they they uh, they they then have the night scene 
where uh, mm-hmm. Arnold has uh, it's Dutch tells Mac to set up the perimeter. Right. They grab Blaine's body. They're going to put it down. We're going to stay the night here. Um, and Matt, he realizes almost immediately Max deeply affected. Right. There's a great moment where Max says, uh, it's one of my favorite parts in the film, where Dutch says, Mac, he was a good soldier. And Max says, he was my friend. And right. Dutch looks at him almost as like, you know, we don't say that word. Um, right. we, we know it. We understand right. it. But we don't say that word. If we say that word, we admit we care, and if we, we admit we care, we're in a liability. Um, right. It's a great little moment with Dutch being like, um, "Yeah, but don't don't say that word." Right. Um, why don't you just whip out the picture of your girlfriend back home, you know, and show it to me? Because yeah, yeah. you're going to doom us by saying that. Well, I mean, it also made me wonder a, bit, a little bit about it. it was like, I, it's it's interesting because I was thinking about it in terms of this idea as well. Is that maybe they don't fraternize outside of combat missions um and maybe that's i don't where, think they do and that's what i think that's what's weird is that maybe right. mac and blaine did and they weren't supposed right. to um right. like maybe they they went to each other's house for a barbecue on fourth of july and dutch is roll us up there's a dog on, oh, on the, the dog zoom. makes a return appearance um but yeah i mean it's, so it's an interesting element to me is the idea that i'm like did mac and blaine meet each other's girlfriends meet each other's wives right. you know they come over fourth of july um, and they're not supposed to. Um, but in either way, the scene really plays as Dutch being like, whoa, um, we don't, I don't, we know don't if admit I don't, that. I don't know if they're not supposed to, but I feel like these are the kind of guys who um, they've obviously all served tours. Most yes. of them probably have been on teams together uh, in the Army on their tours yes. before they became a, mission, you know, a mercenary team outside. Um, but I think they're just the kind of guys who um, – they compartmentalize when they go home, they go home, you know, they yeah. just, yeah. you know, I feel like, you know, Jesse Ventura probably, you know, has like a cabin somewhere in Montana and just kind of sits there, you know, yeah. Alabama into the dirt. <laughs> yeah. Alabama. Yep. You dug in like an Alabama tick, you know, <laughs> you're hit, you're bleeding, man. I ain't got right. time to bleed. Um, I yeah. mean, cause even, you know, let's, uh, there's for having such a, you know, a multicultural team, I guess you would have to say, uh, you know, yep. in nowadays terms, um, they don't highlight, you know, the the racial differences. That everybody just acts professional and acts the same. Um, uh, the but, closest we get is Billy, who has the medicine bag. Right, and we're, yeah. we're going to get to that. Sure. I'm assuming next because that's yeah. that's weird. Um, but I was saying, you know, that so they all seem like they're from different backgrounds, different cities. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. Mac might be from Chicago, and you know, whatever, you know. So I feel like when they go home, they just go home to, you know, where they grew up or where they lived beforehand and just kind of don't talk until the next mission, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you might be right. Maybe no, maybe there's not a rule that says no, but but they don't. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and it's what the idea is that uh, the Max saying. Plus, if you take that home with you, you take that home with you. Yeah. It, it kind of ruins your home life, I would yeah. imagine. Yeah, it's a, it's a serious problem. Yeah, right. with with military veterans um, having uh, having PTSD and all kinds of right. other problems that, uh, and even people like this who are you know just this shy of you know being a super soldier, you know, a cartoon, yeah. comic book super soldier, uh, you don't want to take that home with you when you're at home. You know, it's yeah. just not. Gonna There's happen. even there is a little bit of a throwaway of Poncho saying, "Remember, remember Afghanistan," and he's like trying to forget it. You know, like, <laughs> so you are know. we. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, right. But I mean, it, there is this idea that um, they've had some definitely they've had some bad days right. um, and some bad missions. Uh, I know also to the idea that they've they've established that they're a rescue team. Um, to me, which and again, the the reluctance uh, uh, to work with Dylan from Dutch makes me wonder if like Dutch may have been part of like some sort of hardcore elite murder squad at some point earlier, and yeah, doesn't and doesn't want possible. and doesn't want to do that anymore. And so he found other great soldiers right. who don't want to do that anymore. I feel like that's kind of the unspoken backstory of his character and maybe the team's characters that they became mercenaries because they didn't want to have to do these kind of you know kill missions anymore and yeah. they wanted to quote unquote be a force for good um you know, it's a very gi joe 80s kind of thing even if this is a kind of a really dark movie to put it in yeah. but uh yeah i feel like there's a lot there to like you know maybe this is why he left maybe this is where um the problem between him and dylan first started where he dylan decided well i'm gonna double down and go into working for the cia yeah I'm, but you can go ahead and do your what you know jesse ventura will probably call you know pansy um, yeah yeah missions yeah uh, i will i woke up why don't you right um yeah. you know they, they, that there's a worldview there that aren't that dutch maybe doesn't want to accept right. yeah, it's a very reagan mindset that uh that dylan has there um, very true and it's goes into the subversion of you know the politics of the time i mean i First time I watched this, I didn't know that they weren't in Vietnam because I, you know, was too young to realize that every jungle was in Vietnam, and um, every sure. every jungle movie where they're killing, you know, enemy soldiers is in Rambo too. Um, but you know, they're in South America in this, you know, made up country. Um, there's communists backing the one side. There's, you know, Americans backing the other. But it's guerrilla warfare between, you know, the Contras and the, you know, yeah, whatever. Mm -hmm. It's 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 really speaking to what was going on at the time in a, in a way that's not preachy about it, but it does acknowledge it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, that, that, and as you pointed out, it also does. You know, contextually within the story, it makes sure that we know these guys are. It's it just first of all, it justifies them blowing up a whole bunch of guys in the middle of the right. jungle. Um, yeah. Because our goal here was not to blow everybody up. We were supposed to get some people out, and and. Right. and and it's suggesting that, you know, when he says specifically, we a rescue team, not assassins, right. what he's saying is we don't, is that we're the good guys. Right. We just go and try to rescue people. We try not to kill anybody. We don't have to. Um, we just rescue people. And there's something to the idea, again, that, like, as you pointed out, like, uh, uh, things go off the rails a little bit with that attack yeah. on the thing i think that none of them ever really had the a, intention of wiping out inversion. the whole group yeah yeah it's a good inversion of what you know what the second half of the story is where the predator is trying to wipe them all out where yeah. they were going in just to get hostages out they end up you know wiping out everybody instead and then mm. later you know they're the ones getting wiped out but this guy's was starting off trying to you know kill people yeah I think his original, the predator's original target was probably that camp in the first place um until they came in, almost certainly, yeah. yeah. I mean, he was probably there to wipe out. To he, he was hunting, uh, right. to hunt something or other. So it must have and, been and, probably the gorillas, yeah. And just these like new deer keep showing up at the woods where he's hunting. It's just like, all right, cool, I'll get these guys too, you know? Yeah, yeah. In fact, these guys are more what I'm looking for, right? You know, probably. But yes, the um, and also again, uh, the the blowing up the camp, 
Arnold's really mad about that too. Yeah. And because he finds out that was actually the intention. Dylan wanted them to go in and blow up the whole thing. That was the entire plan in the begin with. He cooked up the fake story right. about the cabinet minister. Ben actually said, they've got a couple of CIA guys. Right. Um, and I want you to go in there and murder everybody. But I can't. Well, I still I, wanted them to rescue him. But yeah, then he yeah. said, oh, if everybody dies afterwards, oopsie, dude. But he uh, wanted them. I mean, I, I <laughs> yeah. think he, I, I, honestly, it's the CIA. Uh, right. I have a feeling that Dylan probably knew those men weren't coming back. Um, he woke up, you know, the hard truth of reality is that, um, either that by the time we get there, they either will have gotten the information they wanted out of the CIA guys, or they would be dead. And, um, but Dylan is actually more, is less interested about the fact that two CIA agents were just gunned down and more about, we found more, we found intelligence. Um, and Dutch is like. You set us up. You brought us in here knowing we would have to. You basically sent us on an assassin mission. And he says, I don't right. do this kind of work. You yeah. know, um, I'm really upset with you because we don't do this kind of work. And you, you used us. And Dylan says it. I used you uh, right. to kill a whole bunch of people. And they probably they were never all that interested in doing that. They didn't want to kill no. a bunch of people. Um, but I feel like there's a little bit of head fooling himself in there, too, because, I mean, if he finds where these people are and, you know, gets out the people he was sent in there to get out, he has to, like, kind of know that he, he's not going to be the last people they send there. They're going to send in a plane to bomb it or they're going to send in a team to kill him. I mean, yeah. there's a little... Yeah. But, yeah, that's when, but that's when you say, it's, as long as it's not my hands doing the killing, right, it's okay, right. you know. Yeah. Um, my conscience is clean, but yes, you're right. Dutch would have to have known that. It, even even then, the you know, these this there's a guerrilla war going on, right? You know, someone's going to come in and clear this out. Um, yeah, but he's like, under the impression that they they've been chosen because they're good at getting hostages out. out. Yeah. Right. Um, only to find out so anyway, that he's been sent in to, for a hit. Yeah. So you're saying there's something weird uh, weird you want to talk about with Billy's uh, scene. Billy, uh, Billy to me is a, well. First of all, he's a, he's a really interesting character um, right. and a, a really fascinating character who has very few lines. Most of his lines are basically, you know, uh, I found tracks. You know, right. I'm a I'm a tracker. That's what I do here. Yeah. Um, but there's some great bits about him where he's he's very mysterious, and I think he resonates with an audience really really quickly um, mm-hmm. for whatever reason. He's the one, of course. He's, he senses something's wrong. There's the predators out there. Right. Um, it has one of my favorite. And he has one of my favorite lines ever. And it's just a straightforward line of, of him. Uh, Poncho goes like, Billy, you know something. What is it? And Billy says, I'm scared, Poncho. And Poncho says, bullshit. You ain't afraid of no man. And he says, there's something out there hunting us. And it ain't no man. Um, I love that moment because it's this big, strong, silent type guy that uh, admitting he's frightened. Um which is unbelievable in this kind of movie that a, a male yeah. that this big macho male character is going to turn around and basically look at the camera and saying I'm actually scared to death right. someone you know like it's 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 again it's one of those things that just subverts the normal action movie clichés right. where you know man, man, manly men don't don't admit they have feelings they don't admit yeah. that and they don't admit Blaine's my friend they don't admit they're that- scared and that really all falls on the actor because, you know, as it's written on the page, as it's written on the page, first of all, 
Um, he's a Tonto character. Let's just be honest. I mean, in a lot of ways, he's written as a Tonto character, but but uh, Sonny Landon uh, plays him in such a way where you, it's believable. It's not. It doesn't play like a stereotype. It doesn't. No. Know, he has the, just, you know, he and has then a, he sells that line where it could have, it could have been cheesy as hell, but yeah. you know, it turns out to be one of the best lines in the movie. Yeah, um, but uh, it's it's one of those things again that also shows how Dutch looks at his team too, because uh, that scene is right. a, one of the best expositional scenes I've ever seen. Uh, in terms yeah. of characters admitting they're in a situation and and no longer, uh, even at that point, because this is after Blaine is killed, right? Max starting to lose it. But Max says, I saw eyes in the jungle and they disappeared. And Dutch is like, right. okay. What did the girl say? Poncho asked the girl again. And she says, he, she says, the jungle took him alive and took him. And he right. says, okay, Billy. Billy's like, I've been seeing weird things all day. Um, and Dutch at that point. And then Dylan says, it's just three men with a gun. And, and, right. D- and Dutch goes, no, it's not. He right. looks at his team and, and Billy's says. Been, Billy's been hearing things all day, too. Yeah. Um, Real early, you know, when they find those bodies, um, it's really down far in the mix, but I noticed it because I was listening for it this time. Uh, when they find the bodies and the, you know, skinned bodies the first time, there's like, you know, noises of like wild animals. There's that that one bird you hear in every jungle ever. Yeah. You hear in the mix. You hear some uh, squealing pigs, and then you do hear some of the clicks, and that's when Billy, like, kind of looks around. Yeah. And then later, um, he hears them, like, you know, m- trying to mimic people. Mm. In a couple other little spots, uh, like when he, you know, he's, he does his big laugh and the predator tries to do it. Like, he kind of catches on to that. He's, yeah. Yes. Cause yeah, I was, he does. Because yeah. I noticed a lot of people were saying, like, is he psychic? Is he, does he, you know, is he, is he just, like, magic? I don't know. What's, and yeah. I'm like, well, if you really listen, you can kind of hear that he yeah. can hear, you know. Yeah. And, uh, and he's just, it, that's his job. Right. His job is guess, to notice things. I guess in the novelization, like they just made him psychic. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> Which yeah. is odd. I didn't that's, listen to him yeah, rather than online. I just like the. I just prefer to think that he's just like it's almost like Hawkeye in the Avengers. You know, he's just like, right. I, I I see things really well. His job is to track people yeah. and to notice things. And yeah, he's, he's doing like, his job. Yeah, and he what he's noticing is doesn't make sense to him. To the point where he doesn't quite bring it to attention to the rest of the group's right. attention, but they are all noticing that he's acting right. weird. Um, yeah. To the point where a great scene where Dutch goes out to talk to him and says, "What is it you see?" And Billy's like, "I guess it's nothing." And right. Dutch is like, "I'm not fully convinced of that, Billy. Like you, yeah, I've you, never seen you act like this. You're still yeah, around. something's going on." And there's and so, but I mean, that's what's great about that scene is that they all kind of compare notes, and Dutch says, "Well, there's, it's my team's not crazy, right? They're this good." I trust yeah. them implicitly. So if they say there's something out in the jungle, there's something out in the jungle. we got to deal with right. that. Um, and they were smart enough to put that scene in a, in a lull spot where they weren't panicking. They weren't, you know, running away from something. Like, they have a minute to breathe, and that's when he's like, something's out there. Something's out there. Yeah. Like, something's out there. Like, it's, you know, they could have easily just put it, you know, like, you know in the, one of the freak-out scenes where they're shooting into the jungle where Billy is like, you know, just comes off as crazy. Yeah. You know that. You know? Yeah. But it's not. It's a slow moment. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's so I mean, it's really exceptional stuff. Uh, yeah. What I was saying about what's weird about Billy, the thing that I think that has that, that head scratcher moment is uh, they're running away from the predator. At this point, everybody's pretty much dead. Um, right. We've just gotten through um, uh, again a, a great uh, callback to the fact that Mac and Dylan have um, issues with each other the whole movie, but they work together yeah. to try and bring down the predator. 
uh, out of a shared uh, desire for payback for the death of a friend. Um, even though at that point, um, Dylan probably should have known Mac was not going to be of much help because Mac is. You know, actually, you know, one of the messages in this, it was the first time I've seen this movie a billion times. Right. When Mac is, is starting to lose it and he starts tearing off his clothes and he's grabbing the gun and he's, he's saying, I want to have me some fun. This is the first time, yeah. millions of times, mm-hmm. he's singing Long Tall Sally. Yeah. I, I never yep. know. I just thought he was speaking gibberish um, for no, whatever reason. This time that, yeah. around, this time around, I realized he was singing Long, Tong, Long Tall Sally. It makes you wonder if that isn't what they play going into any situation to amp themselves up. Maybe. Yeah, you know, it might be the same yeah. song every time, you know. Yeah, maybe they always have Long Tall Sally right. queued up, or, or at least Blaine does. Right. Uh, it's Blaine's song anyway. Um, so I mean, but yeah, I, it's it's amazing one of those those things that you just miss yeah. watching a movie a million times, and then one day it just suddenly clicks. I didn't. And I was, yeah, I didn't put together that it was Blaine's song either. Until yeah. Just now. Yeah. We have Blaine's one playing it on the radio. Right. But Mac, I just thought he's just yelling weird stuff uh, every single right. time I watched the movie, and this time I realized I had the subtitles on. Right, and right. realized it was the lyrics to Long Tall Sally. Because, I, I mean, and I always, I'd made the joke every time, every, anytime I see Bill Duke on anything, I start immediately saying to whoever I'm watching, I'm going to have me some fun. I'm going <laughs> to have me some fun. I'm going to have yeah. me some fun. But it never occurred to me it was the lyrics to Long Tall Sally. And it gives the scene a whole new level of poignancy where he's singing, right. he's singing the song uh, and, of his, of his then friend. And we have that moment. And then we have that moment with, you know, him and, um, and uh, Dylan where, you yeah. know, earlier, it was a fake out that he was, you know, getting a scorpion on his back, but Dylan Over thought he was going to stab him. Mm. And then, you know, now he's like, you know, get it under this log and look, look, I see the thing, you know? Yeah. I see you. Right. Yeah. It's, it's really weird too, but that's what I mean is Dylan, that moment Dylan's like, okay, I, I have a plan, but I would, right. I would have taken one look at Mac and been like, this is not the guy to follow a plan right now. Like, you yeah. know, he's, yeah. but they're both, they're both angry. They're both ready to go. Right. Um, Great, a uh, great uh, visual effect, by the way, of, of when Dylan is shot, his arm right. comes off, the arm is still firing the gun. Yeah, that's one of the best things ever in a movie. Uh, right there. Yeah, and oh. it's it really, and it's it's one of those things that would, it would I think it's real. Your right. the tendons would still be firing at that point, that the gun would still right, be right. going off. Um, right. It's not something you think about very often in film. No, but it's also it's just and it looks totally convincing. Right. Um, it, I have no problem believing that's a real arm for whatever reason firing that gun. Yeah. Um, great visual effect. Just some really, really spectacular special effects work in this. Movie and well, too. well edited and put together because that's you know as important as anything else is how yeah. you put the pieces together. And it all works because we understand these men, and we right. we're on their team. We're with them, <laughs> and and we understand that Carl Weathers' arm is very powerful. <laughs> we do. Yeah. Well, it, it, obviously, it's like one of the one of the one of the kind of parts that you kind, that maybe maybe uh, some viewers might roll their eyes. When they when they're putting together all the booby traps, and it's clearly like an excuse for these bodybuilders to take off their shirts and do feats of strength. Right. Where you've got Arnold and you've got Carl Weathers and you've got Billy all pulling on a thing, and they're like rippling muscles and they're all oiled yeah. up. They, you know, they're right. it's it's like it's like okay, we get it. They have muscles. Little, little something for the ladies, yeah, little, you know? or or some of the guys or for the men's. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, or, or anybody who's into really sweaty, veiny people. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, all of it works, uh, uh, and I think Dylan's death is one of the most effective, I think, because I think we yeah. really end up kind of, the, the fact that Dylan comes around, I think, really resonates yeah. with an audience. Um, and it's Carl Weathers, I mean, yeah. he's giving it we a Yeah, we like all. him, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we like Carl Weathers when he does things. 
But I mean, it's a great moment where uh, you know, uh, it's again, it's another callback where uh, Dylan says, "Get your people to the chopper. I'm gonna go. I'll go after Mac." And Dutch says, "That's right. not your style, Dylan." And he says, "You know, maybe I can get even." He's like, "You can't win. Yeah, uh, maybe I'll right. get even." And he throws, and then Dutch throws him the extra gun, right. and they have a moment. There's a lot of significant glances between Arnold and Carl in this movie. Absolutely, yeah. yeah um, that shows that, yeah, okay, we've been we've been having some issues all movie, but we're still friends, right? And I care about you, but it's also I'm saying goodbye. You're not coming yeah. back, you know. Right. Uh, and, and they Carl, both know that. And they both know that. But Carl says, "You hang on to that chopper," and I'm like, yeah. "But mm-hmm. what they're really doing is saying, I love you, bro.'" Right. Um, right. And uh, we're never going to see each other again. It's 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 again. All of it is so much about how much these big, sweaty, muscly men really right. care about each other deep down. Um, and right. it's what makes the film effective is yeah. that they love each other. And uh, we right. care because they love each other, and so we're we're upset when they die. But again, yeah, we've back, never I, done you know a slasher movie where everybody likes each other. You know, it's <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, well, I mean, I want to make that movie now. Like, I'm like, right, let's make yeah. the movie where it's a slasher film where everybody's really close. Um, right. You know, uh, but yeah, like Predator. Uh, but um, well, I keep I keep getting sidetracked. But Billy's head scratcher moment. What the oh, so what's going on? With Billy's death scene, let me ask you this: because like, okay, so okay. he gets on the he gets on the log, he right. turns around, he throws his gun off, he pulls out mm-hmm. his knife, he cuts a, a slice into his chest, and he has like holds onto his medicine bag, and he looks fairly right. committed. It cuts away, and he just screams. Do you think that he was right. was he holding was he holding the guy off? Was he giving up? Was he sacrificing himself? What 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 do you think is happening in that scene? Because I've never really been able to quite <sighs> figure it out. Um. I think he was uh, he was challenged into a fight. Yeah, uh, I think he he lost. Uh, and I think you know the predator. I feel like he was like, "Come on, come get me!" You know, come yeah. let's, let's mano a mano this thing. And you know, predator's like, "Well, you're not Arnold Schwarzenegger." Um, yeah. So I'm just going right. to shoot you from across the across the valley. So you think that's what happens too? <laughs> you don't think yeah, there's actually a, a fight? Yeah. I know, I know there are people it's that are too written... short to be a fight. And... and the predator shows up really quickly afterwards too. Right. Uh, he seems to get ahead of them awfully quickly. So that, I mean, but I've seen people being like they've been disappointed they don't get to see the Billy versus Predator fight, and I'm kind of like I don't think right. there's a fight. I think it just. I don't think they were ever interested. They weren't interested in showing his death either. They wanted it to be an off-screen thing. Yeah. Um, on purpose. I mean, it's. Yeah. Let's let's be fair. If they would have shot a death scene for him, you know, they would have shown it. This movie is not afraid to show. You know, people yeah. getting blasted to pieces. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, surprisingly I, gory film, you know. But yeah, I think action, action sci-fi. Yeah, but I think I, I think I'm in agreement. I think the th- I think it just shoots it from across the valley and moves right. on. I don't I don't think it has any interest in actually going toe to toe. In fact, it never like mm-hmm. it, it never does. Um, right. it, it's only because Arnold forces it into that scenario that it does yeah. in the first place. It's certainly not interested in actually having a fight with anybody. And why would you? I mean, yeah. I'm not saying, you know, I endorse hunting, but uh, if I'm going to go hunt a bear, I'm not going to fist fight the goddamn thing. No, <laughs> no. I'm going to shoot from as far away as possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and, uh, but, and yes, I, I kind of want to talk a little bit about that, the hunter analogy thing. Yeah. But, yeah, the um, – so, yeah, but that's always been the thing that's always kind of troubled me. I was like, what's going on with Billy in this scene? Because he's just sort of like right. – he stops, turns around. What's his goal here? I um, think he just realizes that, you know, there's no way out. Um, yeah. it's really, you know, only by the luck and, um, intelligence of, uh, 
of Dutch that he even gets out. True. Um, you know, if it if he didn't, you know, knock the thing into the water and this, you know, camouflage didn't go away. Yeah. Um, I think he. Was, I think the predator was still gonna just blast him like he did everybody else. And like, I think he just made him mad. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And I don't think you know. I don't think the predator had the regard for Billy that Billy you know thought he would have for him. Yeah. He was, he was trying to have a warrior's death, and I, I know it's a couple of years before Star Trek: The Next Generation, but it's a very you know today's a good day to die kind of scene. I always I always kind of think about that too. A little bit of a Klingon thing. Um, yeah. But that's a good point that you're making, that maybe Billy thought that, that the creature had more of an esteem for him than it did. Right. Um, because Billy does is the one who's like has this relationship with it, sort of. He's the one Because it really noticing. feels... And this, when we talked about Alien, I, you know, I mentioned how it's hard for me to think about the film not with you know, the hindsight of the sequels. And... They, like, they did a little bit more with showing you know, the honor system of, of the... Uh, Yaucha, uh, predator species. Nerd. In, in the sequels. Yeah. You, yep. you nerd. You know the name of the species. <sighs> Absolutely. Okay. All right. Um, you forget I made. You know I made a. That's you know, the predator oh, costume in that's the 90s. right. You wore a costume. Come on now. I am right. a nerd. Yeah, you are a nerd. Um, yeah. But they they do a lot more to show you know how much of a of an honor system they have in the sequel. So it's hard not to think of like his fight with uh, Dutch at the end. Of being like, I finally found someone who's you know man enough to stand up to me. That's why I'm taking my mask off. That's why I'm not using the camouflage anymore. Let's just go, motherfucker. Yeah, well, he doesn't use the camouflage anymore because the the system's damaged. Right, but then he takes his helmet off. And he stuff does take too. the helmet. I know. Off, yeah. I know partially it's because it's not working as well as it should, but it's it also seems like a respect moment. Like he's like, okay, you're hitting on my level. Let's try this out. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I think a moment does occur where that where that happens, but yeah, I, I but um, like I said, I, I know very little about the Predator, uh, the rest of it, uh, in terms of their in terms of their system. So I always look at this movie as that sort of unintentionally. Uh, right. But I mean, to well, me, they had that scene. Like, they had that scene with uh, Donald Glover at the end of two, where you know they show him. You know, he gets on the ship and he sees you know their ship, and mm-hmm. um, you know, as bad as the Alien versus Predators movie were the first one had the end where like you know the lady was helped you know killed as many aliens as the predators did like you know actually gets like a weapon from them and gets a facial scarring from them you know as a sign of respect and yeah the, yeah it feels like that's in this i do know that happens uh well i mean yeah i mean it could feel like it was in this but i don't think it was because they weren't thinking about right. dark yeah. horse comics later on um right but yeah i mean i do remember i read uh i did read one of the batman versus predators and I know that at the mm-hmm. end they gave him a, a weapon too, right. out of respect. They do de- uh, Glover too, don't they? In part two, they give him a yes. gun, right? Yes. The, yeah. Yeah. He um, gets a little blaster. Yeah, he gets the respect weapon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they give Batman a samurai sword. Uh, I think at the end of the Batman versus Predator, right. where they respect. How do you him. feel about? Yeah. How do you feel about the uh, the fight at the end of this, in general? The end of Predator. Almost the weakest. Yeah, I think I, it's I, almost the weakest part of the movie. I agree. I agree, and yeah. I want to get to that. Um, the the thing is that I want to talk about uh, one last thing in my my little thesis about masculinity is that Dutch is a final boy. Yeah. Um, and um, and in, and as I alluded to earlier, Dutch, it's it's probably the most vulnerable Arnold's been in a film, in the sense that I'm thinking about like after okay, he's kicked the gun out of Anna's hand, 
uh, he gets shot, and he yells, of course, the, 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 the one line that probably Arnold Schwarzenegger had yelled at him more than any other in, the rest of, in his entire life, get to the chopper! Um, he then is running through the jungle, no weapons, he's running away, he's tripping, he's falling down, he right. falls down a hill, he lands in the water, he crawls up through the mud, and then he pulls himself against a bunch of branches and underbrush, scared yeah. to death. Right. There is absolute You're terror in his eyes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's like, I am going to die. Um, right. I I don't think there's any other Arnold Schwarzenegger movie that has had that moment. No, I Arnold can't think being... of a moment. No, Arnold's never afraid in these movies. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah. But there's such terror in his eyes that he's like, I am out of my league here. Um, and it's it's so remarkable. And then And then everything that happens after that is very final girl territory where he has to use the enemy's... Uh, uh, Tactics against tactics. them. Yep. Yeah, he has to. He has to kind of put together what he can find, and he's still outclassed. Um, it's right. very similar to the way the final girl works, uh, where he, where she's the well, only yeah, one. Just, la- you know. We had just done, you know, Friday Thirteenth final chapter. That yeah. was really the first time I could remember there being a final boy, and uh, this, this is, you know, kind of the same in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he even tries to get psychologically out of it a, a little bit in this, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, you got Ash. Ash is usually the one right. that's remembered as being the final boy because he was originally yeah. written in Evil, in Evil Dead. They originally wrote him to be that type of character to the point where his name right. was Ashley. Um, and right. they wanted to kind of talk about the fact that usually this role goes to girls in this movie. Uh, and instead, we're going to drive a guy crazy and he's going to be weak and ineffectual as well. Um, but Judge, I think, absolutely fits. And as you point out, it's very slasher movie. One by one. Mm-hmm. Each one of them go down uh, until there's just this one guy left who's scared, he's hungry, he's tired, and he has to figure out a way to beat the bad guy that's way – it's superhuman. That, and yeah. he has to figure out a way to do it. Um, so and we've me, got basically a superhuman – you know, the, basically Arnold's a superhuman himself. Yes. In the 80s movies. Yes. So you have, you know, but here he's Superman versus Super Superman apparently, you know. Yeah. But here he's brought down to normal until he has to, right. he has to fill it in. Um, it's, it's, and then he has to figure it out. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's really all very, very fantastic. But, yeah, I agree with you. I think the last act kind of slows down. Um, right. it's, I think it's the thing that keeps it from being a perfect movie. I think that in a lot of ways it becomes – it does slow a little bit. Um, I think it's because the group dynamic means so much to the film. Yeah, and once it's just have it kind of – we feel a little bit, yeah, like oh, well. Although as far as as far as final confrontations goes, this is this is a great final confrontation between you know a killer and and the prey. I think. Yeah, it's just that when compared to the rest of the movie, it feels like you know almost like they just packed it in at that point. Agreed, agreed. So, uh, like, oh, we just have to have this ending now. No, no, it's now it's first blood. You know, he's right. got uh, he's got the he's using the 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 woods. He's a survivalist. Mm-hmm. He's using right. these improvising weapons, making his own bow and arrow. Um, and it, yeah, I mean, it, it still works. Um, you know, uh, it's still great. I just think it's the weakest part. I think it's the weakest part. I do think, I I feel like sometimes I zone out a little bit during it and I'm like, okay, that's Dutch fighting, fighting. But once he, once he wins and the predator is like, haha, fuck you, you're going to die anyway. That's pretty great. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's. I mean, that's great. Because it gets down to it that uh, once again, Arnold's stuff doesn't really work all that well. Right. He does manage to take out a lot of its tech, 
and brings right. it to his level, but then realizes he has to fight the thing with a fist fight, and it's not going to go his way either. Um, right, and then when he wins that, you know, the Predator cheats again and says, well, again. here's a nuke, you know. Yeah, here's a nuke, yeah. Uh, right. But, yeah, but I love that with, the, you know, he goes, he tries to sucker it into the booby trap. It's too smart right. for that. But it yeah. turns out that he was kind of double bluffing, and he comes and gets right. it by the trap, and then he's going to hit it with a rocket. He, it look, he looks at it and says, like, what are you? And it repeats it back to him. It's a great right. moment. But instead of having a worthy Absolutely. opponent, and it was that's the the big thing that subverts it is instead of having that worthy opponent, like mm-hmm. you know, uh, maybe you know, as you put it, like Star Trek, be like in another life, maybe we could have been friends, right. um, you know. But uh, you know, it's um, instead the the predator just says, uh, "I've got a bomb. Right. I'm taking you with me," because and, he's he's a big game hunter. Yeah. He's a jackass. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's this be honest. The, this is the Eric Trump of the uh, of the, no. The, no. I I I gave it some thought, and I really did give it some thought the other day. Of like, if if it was Eric Trump, but I'm like, no, because the predator would go to a planet where there's just like a bunch of like milk fed humans who who've never been outside, You're right. and they yeah. just send them outside, and he just sat on the porch and knock them off. You know. Yeah. yeah. True. You got a point there. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, but yes, he's he's obviously a prick. Right. Um, but yeah, the, uh, but yeah, it works. Um, and then Arnold sort of like does his like jump away from a fireball. Uh, right. and then we see, he, cause you he gotta have that. Okay. Yeah. And then he makes it out. Okay. Um, right. um, and Dutch is, uh, Dutch is not in the sequel. Uh, he's never appears again in the series. Right. He's mentioned offhand in predators, which I think right. is highly underrated by the way. I really like that movie, but was that. That wasn't the last one. That was the one before that. Because they kept giving it the same name now, and I get confused. Well, yeah, it was Predator That was 2. the one where they go to the planet, Yes, right? yeah. Okay, yeah, the, that was pretty good, yeah. I, I like that movie. A lot of, uh, mm-hmm. and it worked in a very similar vein to Predator, where it was like the characters mm-hmm. actually sort of forming in a relationships with each other. Right. Um, and them, but except that in this case, uh, instead of uh, kind of directly not wanting to be killers, these guys were in Predators. Right. They were all killers. Um uh, very deliberately. But we've already established that, you know, the bad guy of the series is the Predator, so you don't really need that, you know, we're the yeah. good guys, they're the bad guys. Right. Point. Well, Predators was sort of like, there was all moral, Was there is no good guy. It's all morality. Right. You know, morals right. don't go out, are all bullshit, except for the fact that our main character who, in Predators, which is, you know, it's a whole other conversation, but the, you know, right. Adrian Brody's character is basically like, I'm gonna, I don't care about any of you. Oh, wait, yes, I do. Um right. You know, I'm saying it wouldn't it wouldn't have worked to if they would have did that for this movie where no no you know no these guys were bad guys and the predator is a worse guy and, you know no they no. got to play that line a little bit where they're they're doing you know they're involved in war so I mean I'm already opposed to them in the real world yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. but yeah, only only the, only in this context could a uh, right. could uh, a group of mercenaries be seen as the good guy uh, exactly. they they accept money to to. Uh, to rescue people. Well, mercenaries in general. In this. Yeah. Right. Mercenaries in general accept money to attack things that governments can't. Right. Um, right. To do even more illegal shit that we already do. Yeah. <laughs> they work unilaterally for, for the highest bidder, and it's... Uh, I'm, so, I'm sorry if you're a mercenary and you listen to this, but really don't listen to us, because I don't... I don't yeah. I don't, I, uh, I don't well, enjoy what you do. I... <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing good about you or what you stand right. for. Uh, no, but I mean, in all seriousness, I mean, we we respect the military and everything. But yeah, I mean, yeah. Mer- but yes, it's only in this context that a mercenary could really truly be considered right. the the hero of a story, um, because in real life, there there literally are guns for hire, and yeah. uh, 
And yeah, I don't like. Hunting I don't support either. the military either, but you know, I support the the, tr- the troops. The troops. So people yes. people are stuck in that situation. You know, hey man, I get it. You know, that's uh, agree. Got to do what you got to do to get home. Yeah, I, guess. I care. Yes, I, I support mm-hmm. support the troops. Yes, uh, and we have to say that also because it's the Fourth of July episode. So very true. You know. Very true. But, um, but yes, yeah, so we support the troops, and if you do serve with the military, thank you for your service. Um, yes. And, um, but yeah, so uh, any last thoughts on the predator? Or pre- uh, what, predator, because yeah. the predator is a different movie. Right. Now. Yeah. I, I did want to mention that um, uh, you know they worked on the Stan Winston Studios worked on the uh, the predator. Yes. And it was, I guess, the second the second version because the first version didn't turn out well on screen or whatever. So they went to Stan Winston and he, he did it. And uh, Howard Berger of KMB FX worked for Stan Winston Studios at the time. I saw his name in the credits, and, yeah. Yeah, and, and he had mentioned in one of the behind-the-scenes things that the big movie that uh, Stan Winston FX was doing at the time was The Monster Squad, and everybody wanted to be on that. Mm. And they're like, oh, I got to be stuck on Predator. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but that worked out well. Um, yes. Yeah. Uh, I think my last thing I'd like to mention is, uh, is uh, the score by Alan Silvestri. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, it's a great music. I guess in the in the Rift Tracks, I've never seen the Rift Tracks version. Mike Nelson does a solo one of, of Rift right. Tracks of Predator. But I, I know what... I've seen it once, but it wasn't in, you know, ages. Yeah. But I, and I think his joke, uh, one of the jokes he makes is like, this music could make anything sound awesome. Like, it would be like walking your dog. Right. Uh, yeah, if you were just you know going to take the garbage out, um, but yeah, I mean it's uh, it's a great score by a great composer. I'm always uh, I and found that goes it... a long way towards setting the scene right at the right off the bat too. I oh mean, yeah. yeah, that's yeah, and that great sad, military music. The sad uh, the sad fallen soldier music that he composes right. in certain scenes too. Um, it really really helps connect uh, connect the dots. I think. Um, yeah. And create a sense of mood, but, but yeah, go so, go see Predator. Yeah, go, <laughs> go go watch Predator. Yeah, um, I have the uh, I have the special edition Blu-ray that has um, uh, Deadpool on the cover, uh, for whatever reason that came out. In, right. Yeah, it, de- they did a promotion Deadpool two where uh, 20th Century Fox put out all of its movies, a lot of its famous movies <laughs> with Deadpool with covers. Him. Yeah, that's kind of funny. So it's like Deadpool in the cover with like a super soaker, and on the back it says like I wish I was in this movie, but I'm not. And they has right. big, in big letters like this movie is Predator, not Deadpool. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, I have the I have the Predator one, and I have the Fight Club one of right. Deadpool, with Deadpool on the cover. Anyway, but uh, so yeah, um, I guess that's pretty much up wraps us up on Predator. Yeah, yeah. Happy Fourth of July! Yeah, keep, happy, uh, yeah. happy Independence Day! Keep all your fingers. Uh, yeah, yeah. Be careful. Be careful out there. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and uh, as always, we say uh, keep it positive, keep it constructive. Love yourself, love your fellow horror fans. Um, please respons- please responsibly celebrate Fourth of July. Um, yes. And um, and uh, thank you very much. Good night and namaste. Thank you.